This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. All right, let's get this show on the road. Welcome again to the podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Page. I'm joined by my good friends, Ian Pavelko and Eric Camacho. How are you guys doing? Very well, very well, thank you. Hello, world. And we're joined by our good friend, Raj, from the Tesla Raj YouTube channel. Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And hey, no problem. Uh, you know, we the last time we had Raj on the show was back when the uh, V3 superchargers made their appearance. And uh, he was very kind to come on to the show and uh, do us a little location thing. And uh, we thought we'd have him back because today is going to be a whole V10 extravaganza. Because obviously, it's been more... yes, exactly. Although that's not the show title, we'll figure something out later. But, anyways, uh, it's been going out to the whole fleet. We'll uh, we'll get into it very much in depth. Before we get to that, we want to spend a little bit of time and talk about a little bit of Tesla news. We kind of have to get that stuff out of the way. Obviously, the big thing that everybody's talking about is Tesla's production and delivery numbers. So we're going to go through them real quick. Now, Tesla said that they produced uh, 96,155 vehicles and they delivered 97,000. Now, there is a bit of a margin of, you know, haven't finished calculating all that stuff. I find it interesting that... Um, They've only produced 16,318 S's and X's combined this quarter. That's down. Uh, Model 3, of course, 79,837. So that's that's the cash cow for them right now. So it's looking good on that. Um, uh, Oh, by the way, the links to everything we talk about will be in the show description. I'm going to read a little paragraph from the uh, investor report that they put out on their their website. Uh, Tesla says, in addition... We achieved uh, record net orders in Q3 and entering Q4 with an increase in our order backlog. I think they said the number was that I heard the scuttlebutt was going around was about 110,000 vehicles going in. Anyways, um, as was also the case in Q2, nearly all of our Model 3 orders were received from customers who did not previously hold a reservation, solidifying the transition to generating a strong organic demand. We're continuing to focus on increasing production to meet that demand. So... Even though there was a leaked email that came out, uh, what, about a week ago where Elon had kind of rallied the troops in the hopes that they would get 100,000 cars because they were very close, the media ran with it and assumed that that's exactly what they were going to do. And, of course, 97,000, the stock goes down and, you know, rinse and repeat, right? Typical. Any thoughts? What do you guys think? I think it's still a great quarter. Of course it is. I mean, how are you going to argue with that number? It's just, it's exactly what you just described. You know, the minute he said, oh, maybe we can get to 100, everybody's like, that's what they got to do. And anything less than that, like 99,999 cars would have been a failure. You know, that's how it rolls with the media, right? Sorry, go ahead, Raj. No, 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 I I completely agree. I think if you look at year over year, they're up, right? And and typically as a a leader of a company, you want to, you know, inspire your your troops. You want to inspire your employees to, to work harder and do better and stretch for that goal. And that's what that email was, but you can't put all your, you know, all your eggs in the basket on, Hey, what he said to inspire his employees is what's, you know, written in gold, right? It's just, I mean, you have to look at, has there been growth? Yes. Yeah. Are they showing higher numbers than any other manufacturer today? Yes. So is that a positive result? Yeah. I think, you know, it's just watching, um, uh, if you guys watch uh, Hyperchange. Um, and, you know, he had a, a really good quote, which is, you know, companies don't miss estimates, analysts miss reality. 
And it's uh-huh, just like that true. has like yeah. stuck to me, and it's such a strong statement, uh, and that that's exactly what this is. And I think what's happened here, and I mean, if you pay attention to anything regarding Tesla, the analysts have always been consistently, generally off. They don't seem to get the company. They don't really understand. Of course, then you've got the other Tesla coup morons <laughs> out on the internet that are skewing everything each other way, and you kind of have to set that, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff. In that case, I personally, I would wish that that Tesla would behave a little bit more like Apple and kind of under-promise so that they can over-deliver. It seems to be a deliberate thing on Apple's part. It seems to work for them. Um, I don't know if that's manipulation, whatever the case may be. But anyways, I, that's just a personal opinion. Elon, you know, I mean, we know from experience, you know, he's an optimistic guy. And, you know, he always shoots for the moon, even though it doesn't always get the moon. It's, it's a software thing, right? Um but I think with the numbers and stuff, I really wish that they would just maybe, I don't know, back off on the expect- expectations a little bit. Just just to try and wow a little bit more. I don't know. That's just me. I, I sort of and, and respectfully disagree with that, Trevor, and just in for two reasons. One is... You're, you're, I will allow that. No, I know. Right? You, have no choice, you have no choice in the matter. Um, I mean, of course, you could just kick me off the podcast. But no, it, so the first thing is you want to set that expectation for a good reason because... If if Trevor, if Elon comes out tomorrow and says, all right, for Q4, for the remainder of three months of the year, um, our target is to actually hit that 100,000 mark. It starts people getting into the mindset of what this quarter's expectations are overall. Like, how are they going to start things off? They're going to look at every week, every month, every number, every figure, and sort of, you know, go through a fine-tooth comb and start to see how their pace is. The, the other thing is that the goal of the company has always been, I mean, their major mission statement is to you know, advance sustainability. Get when we talked about it on our show last week is really to push that envelope. The only way to do that is to have expectations that seem sort of out of whack, that seem unreasonable, unexpected number. And then even if you come precariously close as they did for this quarter, I mean you're talking three thousand cars shy of a hundred thousand cars delivered this quarter. When we knew earlier this year there were delivery concerns up the wazoo that were being talked about. Um, as we're trying to push through in Q2. So in, in less than a matter of a quarter, they've sort of ironed out some of those delivery snafus. They've now almost approached 100,000 cars delivered. When a year ago this time, people were wondering, can they even hit 60,000 cars, 65,000 cars? And so now we're looking at a six-figure number moving forward that is potentially an attainable number as it is. So when you realize... Man, we were this close. It's like it's like running a race. If you if you're if you all of a sudden trip up or you just get tired or something happens, you pull you know you pull lame and you just you can't finish the way you wanted to. It just gives you the motivation to get go back out there, train yourself again, and then go out and do it again. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. It's good to keep pushing the finish line, even if you don't think you're ever going to get there, because it's it's just going to encourage yourself to want to do better. We do know that this is a logistics issue with Tesla um, that will hopefully start to get rectified once Gigafactory 3 comes online. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. I know personally from my personal experience that I was kind of caught up in this quagmire because I was waiting for my car, placed an order very early in August, and it took seven weeks for get for me to get the car. Now, that was because <clears throat> when, they, when I ordered mine, they were right in the midst of the start of the third quarter when they shift all production to Europe and China. And then once those cars are pushed off, we talked about this on the show, and then, of course, then they revert to North American delivery. So, yeah, I was caught up in that. I know exactly what that's all about. I basically got my car on the 23rd or the 24th, which was 
you know, don't don't forget, we, this is it was in this quarter they started shipping to Australia and New Zealand as well, right? Yeah, so it was it was kind of a double whammy on really? my part. I mean, well, it okay. is what it yeah. is, but it, I think a lot of this stuff will get sorted out uh, once it get better with logistics. And again, and we'll talk about this <clears throat> once the Gigafactory three comes online, and then those cars for China are kind of sorted out or the Asian market. That will relieve a lot of the pressure on Fremont, so that mm-hmm. any extra capacity <clears throat> in that market now can be sent to Europe. Or North America, so it's a double-edged sword on, on that case, anyways. And you got, I mean, you got to think too that it's, you know, what do you define as winning, right? Is, you know, is winning that it, you have year-over-year growth. Typically, we always measure things year-over-year. I mean, even month over month, you're measuring growth. So just because what the CEO wanted to hit wasn't hit doesn't mean they failed. It was still mm-hmm. growth as the company. It still shows that demand is still strong, and that's being done with China not even online yet. So right. we can just imagine, just to what you said, Trevor, is that will take, you know, that will take its own demand, and then we'll still keep pumping out gear. I just think that it's just going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's all good. All right, uh, we have some more stuff to talk about. Um, well, there's a new key fob. <laughs> Tesla announced a. Uh, well, it just basically showed up on the store yesterday. I'll just bring up a picture here real quick for you guys, so you can see. Well, not you guys, but if you're if you're following along here, you might be able to see some of the stuff. Uh, oh. Let's see here. Uh, brand new key fob. So uh, this is different from the previous one. Hold on here. I got to switch this around. Uh, this is better, I think. There we go. This is the new key fob. Anyways, so Model 3 key fob sells for $150 US. It now has passive unlock. So the previous version before you had to use, uh, the, you had to click the key fob in order to unlock the doors. Now it doesn't have passive lock. So you still have to either click it or have your phone with you so it locks away. But anyways, it removes kind of the last thing that people are asking about. Now, of course, when I sent this out, everybody was coming. I would never buy a key fob. Like how quickly we forget <laughs> how, you know, oh, I could never live without a key fob. Now it's like, I want nothing to do with a key fob. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> how quickly we adjust this stuff. But anyways, um, just a PSA for anybody who's out there who's looking for a new key fob. It's available. No, no indication as to whether the previous key fob can be updated with, say, like a firmware update to give us those features. I think that's a question best asked for uh, Tesla service. Uh, we do know that the S and X key fobs can be updated. There's a little spot you can put it um, by the center console so it can issue software updates. Again, no indication whether you can do that on a Model 3. But anyways, just for the guys that want a, a, a key fob, there's a, a new edition out now. Uh, let's see here. Our good friend, <clears throat> uh, this article comes courtesy of the guys at Tesla Roddy. Uh, there are some new leaked images courtesy of our good friend Vincent on Twitter that, uh, show a few Model 3s. Oh my goodness. Uh, showing the wrong screen here again. Sorry about that. Anyways, um, some pictures from the Gigafactory 3. Looks like they're starting to build some body and white cars and, um, painting. So it looks like, um... They said there's at least eight of them. Uh, they're under trial production. Again, scuttlebutt goings are going around is that um, they're hoping to start limited production of these cars sometimes this month, mid-month, 16th, 13th, something like that. Um, he did say in a subsequent tweet, I wish I could bring this up right here because it's giving me trouble. Just give me a second here. Maybe I'll fix this. Trev, while you're doing that, could you explain to the audience, for those who don't know, what body and white means? So body and white is the... <clears throat> Uh, let me see here. I'll fix this finally. There we go. So, all right. So a body in white is a car that has come out of the body shop that is unpainted. It's just the general term that the industry uses 
to uh, designate a, a car before it's assembled. So the so body has gone through it isn't the actually white. It's metal colored. That always sort it's of right, but they call it a body in white. That's just a B a B I W. So that's just that's to help those word. who think that because white's now the standard color that they're actually producing uh, cars. Yes, I could. Yes, that's true. Exactly. I, I could understand. I'm just, I'm just I wanted to clarify that because we've mentioned it a couple times. I just want to make sure the audience, so those who are new to the podcast or don't know a lot of these terms, they understand what it is. Yes, we have a tendency of know. using car manufacturing terms as we learn them. So. Um, Vincent went on to say that uh, in a subsequent tweet here that I will bring up and show you guys, um, he's he's wonderful. Um, he is able to translate all the stuff from China for us. Um, from Chinese social media, he says, all Tesla Model 3 standard range will not accept any orders after October 13th. This will be the last shipment of the made-in-U.S. Model 3. Please have your test drive uh, before October 7th and lock in your orders. That's what the social media says. Now, I don't know where the source came from, whatever, but I just wanted to share that. So it may be an indication that that's exactly what's going on with the Model 3 in China, that uh, they are on the verge of starting at least limited production and Fremont will no longer be producing cars for China. We'll be keeping an eye on this and um, hopefully Tesla will make a little bit of a, a show about this. Any thoughts? Cool. Cool. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's great. The speed, the speed was is amazing. How fast they they got that up and yeah. running. Yeah, and that that gigafactory is just it's is as truly if they built it ludicrous speed. That's true. China speed, as he calls that, it. Vincent calls it China speed. That's so. literally what it is. <laughs> I, I've seen it happen. Like you, you just watch it. It looks like everything's like time lapse photography, except it's real. It's just kind of happening. It's crazy. I, I can't believe how how fast they built that factory. By the way, I want to give a shout out to my friend Vincent, of course, on Twitter. Um, he he has started a, a side company called Tes, uh, Tesmanian. 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 Thank you. And he has two products right now, some floor mats, which are truly wonderful. He just sent me a set. Um, I will do a review on those uh, shortly. And uh, they just received their first shipment of the new cooler that they've developed that fits into the bottom front or the bottom well of the Model 3. And uh, one of those is on its way to me as well. So I'll be able to do a review on that. So anyways, good luck to Vincent. We want to wish him all the best on his new endeavor on that. I think there's some really good solid products coming out of that. That cooler looks really cool. Pun not intended. <laughs> but it looks like a Yeti. Anyways, I'm looking forward to that. Anyways, I just want to give Vincent a shout out. <laughs> and that's all, folks. Yeah. All right. The other thing that's been going around, of course, is someone caught a Model Y. And it looks like it's a new one because uh, was this it one in is... the wild? Yes, exactly. Oh. In the wild. Yes. Yes. Eric, in case you haven't noticed, is the king of puns on the show. <laughs> All right. Article uh, courtesy of our good friends at Tesla Roddy. So a Tesla Model Y was spotted in the wild uh, near Palo Alto. So a, um, uh, I think it was someone on Reddit, whatever, was driving around. Of course, it was caught on the uh, Tesla Cam uh, Sentry mode system on the car. Anyways. Um, bottom line, we think this is a new car because it's black. We have not seen a black Model Y yet. The only drivable one we have ever experienced was the blue one at the reveal back in March of this year. So um, I think we're going to start seeing some of these. Now, I have to be very clear on this. A lot of people, and it drives me crazy, they call these things mules. They're not mules. A mule, the reason they call a, a car in the auto industry a mule is because it's a test bed for something that they test for. And the reason they call it a mule is because it does not reproduce. <laughs> okay, so this is not a mule. This is probably an engineering validation prototype. That's typically the Tesla term that they use for 
you know, once the design is mostly locked in, they build a few of these things and make minor adjustments before they go into limited series production and so on and so forth. So anyways, um, a little sooner than I expected, I kind of was thinking based on Tesla's timeline that we might, and just going back on history here from what we saw with the Model 3, that we would actually start seeing these cars somewhere in the spring because the first ones we saw on the road uh, when the Model 3 first came out was in March of uh, 2017. So a little sooner, but um, oh well, it is what it is. But it's nice to see that uh, you know they've got some other products that they're working on, and uh, I, I still want to see this. I want to see the semi truck. I want to see the other cars come out too. But uh, hey, Model Y is a priority, right? I, I I'm sort of like not surprised in the timing of this because if you're largely using what was it, like 80 percent of the Model Three components or something like that, yeah. mm -hmm. it's reasonable you're going to get that car on the road sooner than the Model Three, which was unlike anything they've ever built before. Uh, so if you're using mostly Model 3 components, it's not surprising they can get this uh, prototype on the road faster. Who who here on the panel has a Model Y reservation? Raj, no? Still Model 3 people? Uh, I'm, I'm rolling my dice to win one. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Hey, you get a chance to put your referral code in the show notes later on, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's... No, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think that with the... You know, get up nice and close y, to the mic there. Uh, I think that 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 goes off of what we were kind of saying before is uh, you know the kind of uh, overpromising uh, you mm -hmm. know I think they've set the date really far out but I don't see why it would take that long uh, so I'm not surprised that you know we see uh, it showing now and I won't be surprised if we start to see like you said right by mid next year if we start to see some in production once we've got China online and you know Fremont factory is just pumping away. They're so similar that, you know, just adding it to the line shouldn't be too overly complicated. Yeah, I'm sort of leaning towards summer 2020 than I am fall 2020. Um, if, if, again, if there's no hiccups, there's no issues uh, moving forward. But, it, I mean, look, it's it's good that they're thinking next year, this around this time next year. But I, I'm sort of leaning towards summer. Now, granted, summer could be late August, early September. But, again, I, I think it'll be coming out sooner than later next year. I think it also has to be tempered by the fact of how much are they going to change mm -hmm. in terms of production? Like, are they going to do this cast body thing at the bottom of the car? Are they going to do this new wiring system? I think both of those are a certainty. I you mean, think so? I, oh, yeah. They're, they didn't patent that and set that all up for nothing. Well, I'm not sure. Tesla has a habit of patenting things, but they don't necessarily always use them all the time. I mean, Apple's notorious for that, too. They have well, patent I mean, galore. Well, and... and, and Elon pretty much confirmed it in, in Ryan's interview, if you recall, about, you know, the fact that the um, the whole rear undersection was going to go from 70 pieces down to one or two or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I take him at his word. I think that that part of it is real. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself wouldn't be a big deal. I mean, that may wind up being, you know, the longest part of the production setup because it's by far the most complicated. And, and as we've all been just saying, everything else seems to be common. So other than the wiring... And, you know, this this uh, new all one piece subframe, um, it should go smoothly. And I mean, hopefully they're not going to alter anything else in the rest of the production pro oh, God, process hope dramatically not. compared to the three. <laughs> well, look, they went through every iteration possible in three production, right? You know, like trying to over automate and conveyor everything in. I mean, I think I think they've learned. Oh, um, no, there's no doubt that they've learned. Yeah, it's just like so how, like what else simple. are they throwing into the mix this time around? It's one thing to copy and paste the current production line. But what else are they throwing into the mixer that could, you know, throw a wrench into the works? And That's it. those are the two things that we're aware of that could potentially 
delay things. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, production starts a little earlier than, than they expect. Um, you know, it's not out of character for Tesla to, uh, to say stuff like that. I mean, Model 3, they said that they weren't really going to build production until 2020. Well, they pulled it two years forward, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right. We're keeping an eye on it. Um, also, because we also had that S-curve production ramp that was forecast with oh, Model yes. 3. And I think with Model Y, it's going to be a lot different than that. I think you're going to, you're going to see a high number of production vehicles. Once they sort of fine-tune it, you're going to see a, a, some high production numbers uh, early out the gate. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, that kind of covers the Tesla news. So I want to take some time here and uh, talk about V10. We started talking about this last week because the indication was that it was starting going out and we were all keeping our fingers crossed to make sure that we all got it. So show of hands. We're all good. We're all good. All right. So we're qualified to talk about V10. Yeah. I can't talk about the calluses on my finger from hitting advanced a gazillion times. Ah, yes. Staying up in the car. Checking the Wi-Fi every time. It's funny. I got uh, I got an update. Um, my car was delivered 2019.27. And then a day later, I got 32.2.2. And then V10 came out like like two or three days after that. Very, very quick. So it was a quick succession on my part. So anyways. Um, a year ago, we were talking about V9, and uh, I do want to caution everyone uh, that we have been seeing a number of subsequent updates. There's been no less than three since V10s come out, because as with anything, there's always bugs that Tesla doesn't catch. I and um, yeah, so we're going to see a, a series of updates. This is not the end of it, folks. <laughs> Fast and furious, right? So we're going to see more updates. I've been, I mean, I look at my Twitter feed today, and everybody's been tagging me. I got another update. What's this all about? I'm like... Okay, guys, just chill. There's bugs. They're fixing the bugs as they go. Anyways, I want initial impressions. What do you guys think about V10 so far? And then we're going to get into some of the other stuff. So I want to hear Raj. Raj. I want to Raj. Hear Raj. I want Raj to go first. Yeah, <laughs> he's the guest. Um, so I mean, I, I I was. I'll tell you what I was most excited about. I was most excited about. Let's not uh, talk about having... Sarge Summon yet. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I I was most excited about entertainment. Yeah. Um, you know, Netflix and YouTube, I think, you know, we've seen all of these things coming to the car that really set the Tesla apart from everyone else. There's a lot of things to it, but there was still that longing of like people looking at the screen going, wow, everything's on this screen. But it was like, there was always like, I want a little bit more. Like you've got this screen that looks like a laptop screen, like that video should play on it. You couldn't showcase that. And now you can. So now mm-hmm. we've gotten our superchargers to be faster. So now you're you know, talking about like 30 minutes. You could watch a show really quick while you're at the supercharger. I'm, I'm hoping that they don't take away the Wi-Fi uh, requirement for entertainment. But I was really excited for Netflix, YouTube. I mean, as you guys know, I'm always on YouTube, so I'm always watching videos. And um, you know, and then the Netflix to be able to catch on shows. I don't share much with my wife as far as TV <laughs> and shows, so I want to watch what I want to watch. Um, but to be honest. I haven't used it as much as I thought I was, but it's just kind of nice saying that it can be done. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool like show off feature of the car. You're like, look at this. Um, that was actually one of the most exciting things uh, I would say on my end uh, for V10. I had to pick mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Do you have a Spotify subscription at all? Oh yeah. God, Spotify. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I, I could probably scroll back and see how many times I posted, like, can we get Spotify? Can we get Spotify? I even made a video. <laughs> you and everybody else, buddy. Who hacked, like, how to get Spotify in the car. I was so excited about that. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, Spotify was is huge for me. I love being able to just pick the song that I want to listen to and just play it. I don't want to fumble around with my phone. You know, everyone always goes, oh, well, just use your phone. Like, no, I, I have this amazing screen. I want everything on the screen and I just quickly, easily touch it and go. So Spotify does an amazing job with the discovery. And I know people will argue to the death of different. So I'm interested to hear what Trevor has to say, because I know Trevor came from another provider. But for me, I've always used Spotify and I just I love what they do. I was never I'm not one for subscriptions. The only subscription I pay for in this house is Netflix. OK, um, as far as my music is concerned, I mean, my musical interests basically go from 1980 to 1989. <laughs> so everything that I ever have is on my phone. I listen to audiobooks and podcasts. That's all I do as far as I never listen. to. You can take the radio away in the car and I wouldn't give a crap either way. Um, except for my wife. <laughs> she listens to the radio. Anyways, um, Spotify is just one of those things. I was like, OK, I was never happy with TuneIn and I was never happy with um slacker and so i relied very heavily on my phone and then once spotify um was added to the cars i thought "Hmm, okay let me try it out now of course we have a uh, what is it a 90-day trial or three-month trial i signed up for it okay i'm uh, they got me as a customer now um it's it's amazing and i obviously i i understand why the europeans like it so much because tesla put that into the cars and uh, i'm so glad for that now so i'm definitely a, a subscriber now so uh, plus one on that one. Now it's not without its bugs and issues, of course. Early, you know, if you if you use any voice commands in the car, it has this weird thing where it comes up with, and sometimes it'll play, and sometimes it reverts to the other. These are things I think they're going to get sorted out. Don't forget to to uh, submit bug reports to the Tesla if you find them. But um, yeah, I'm very happy about Spotify. I'm very happy about Netflix and, and the YouTube. It's been wonderful. I've been using it in the car constantly. So. At the end of the day, the way I look at V10, and I've, I, and I want to hear from the rest of you again, is that there's been a lot of work put into the entertainment side of things. It's not without its bugs and issues still. There's still some things that bother me a little bit. but And I have to say, coming from a Model X and going to a Model 3, this horizontal screen is the bomb. It's perfect for this. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's a very tough conversation to have as you probably can attest to prior, Trevor, is to hear someone say, oh, well, my Model 3 is better than your Model X. You're like, uh, no, how could you say <laughs> such a thing? Um, but yeah, that horizontal screen just... Yeah. Sacrilege. Sacrilege. I know. I, I will be doing a video very soon. Uh, my car is getting PPF done and ceramic and all the other stuff. Once I get it back, I'm going to do a video and I'm going to talk about the pros and cons coming from an X to a three or a three to, a, you know, to an X and stuff. So look for that in the future. I definitely have my, um, my thoughts on the, on the matter. Um, very much love my car, the way it sits right now. I can see where the horizontal screen has its benefits. I can see where a dual screen will have its benefits. So um, anyways, I'll talk about that a little bit later. What about you guys? I want to hear from Eric and, uh, and Ian. What are your thoughts so far? Still Ian. Well, I'm, I'm right with Raj. Uh, the entertainment was by far the big draw for me. I mean, the, the second the thing finished downloading, I ran into the garage. That's it. Like, tick, 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 tick. Okay, where's the Netflix? Okay, uh, Dunkirk. Poof. And all of a sudden, wham! I'm listening oh, to like Dunkirk. this 12 Merlin in the middle of the car. It's just like, woo! Is this fun? And then I just went through all of my favorite movies. Then you're like Apollo 13, locked sequence. It's like, you know, like Bridge comes running to the garage. It's like, is there an earthquake? No, man. No, man. That's all Saturn. Listen, 5, to, baby. listen to Blade Runner 2049 in the yeah. car. 
Oh yeah, exactly. So no, like Elon wasn't kidding when he says it's like a true cinematic experience in the car. It's just mind blowing how good it is. So you know, she was worried. It's like okay, Put your you're hair never... right off. It, literally, literally, what little was that? <laughs> straight off, man. You know, like you could practically smell the rocket fuel when Saturn V launched. No, it, that that was truly amazing as how well that works. Um, it, it showcases everything about that car's audio and video capabilities, like to to a T. There's really nothing else like it. So you know, I've been showing people at work, and they're like, "Whoa, okay." This, well, God this forbid is... if you take it away from us now, because we're all so yeah. used to this. We're going to be supercharged. We're going to be everywhere, watching yeah. and entertaining ourselves in the car. And it'll be like it, it just becomes so natural to have this that it was like, how did I ever live without this? Yeah. And now, you know, and now we're going to go so first world problem with this. It's like, well, with VC supercharging, I can't even get an episode of any show in, man. You got to well, split yeah. up the rate. You know, this is what's going to happen. Um, but no, that, that, so that was really cool. The other thing, too, that I was really anxious for was uh, Joe Mode uh, because my dearest just loves to sleep on long trips. And that was the only thing with the autopilot is with the constant bong, bong, you know, for yes. all the alerts when it you're switching it out. Yeah, it, it wakes it definitely wakes you out of a sleep. But um, we were we were sort of chatting back and forth on Twitter about this today. I don't know if, if you guys experimented with it with the volume level difference because I haven't. Yeah, it's I, I don't find it to be as uh, as significant. It's very like it's like it's a subtle smidge lower. I, I yeah. took it down twenty percent or something. Yeah, what I would love to see them do is, as you know, when a sound starts binging, there's like a little speaker to the left of your car. Yeah. And yeah. if you click that, it automatically mutes it. Well, I'd like to just have a toggle of the three. So if I click it once, it goes to Joe mode. If I click it again, it mutes it. Oh, that's because a good what idea. happened to someone just Great recently, idea. he backed into a wall and got a little hole in his bumper. And later on, he tells me, oh, I realize why it happened. It's because I had enabled Joe mode. And so he's like, I didn't hear my sounds. Uh, so, you know, when you're seeing that on the screen, you might, you're more easier to remember, oh, I said it lower. Let me just bring it back yeah, up again. Yeah. Good point. But it was kind of, no. yeah, it was a little, very subtle. Now, having said that, what I found was hilarious is like the turn signal clicker goes to like nothing. It's like, it's like this tiny, <laughs> like a little raindrop on the windshield sound. You know, if you have the, the, any music playing, you can't even hear it. That's fine. It doesn't bother me. I thought that was correct. But it's like, okay, you killed that, but good. But, you know, can we take down the the alerts on the autopilot another couple of notches? That My would wife would appreciate that because she can't stand the clicker in the car. No? She's just like, oh, no, she hates the turn signal. It's, it's pretty obnoxious. I like it because it's like it's very crisp and bright. It's like, you know, it sounds very high tech. But, yeah, it's I don't mind having it a little lower volume. You know? Eric, your thoughts? <sighs> all right here we so, go uh stand no, back. all right so so in general um i look at v10 as a proof of concept software release okay i'm not someone who looks at uh watching videos in my car as anything i'm like oh i can't wait to do that because i couldn't do it before on my tiny phone that's a weird thing like i can always do that um i think it's it's sort of a proof of concept for this reason it is the long-term goal to have autonomy in the car. If you already can prove it works now with the networks and with the video and everything else, that shows people that once the cars are autonomous, you can literally make it an entertainment center as you're, as you're just sitting along for the ride. So that's, that's the next big step is once you're getting to four or five autonomy, now you say, okay, we've already proved that if you're at a supercharger or some station with wi-fi you want to watch a youtube or hulu video what have you um you know now you can do that but again long term it's it's really 
the next thing, which is which is uh, that part of it. Um, the really big thing we haven't mentioned yet was smart summon, and um, I think that that is something that just from watching all the videos so far, it is interesting um, seeing all of the um, all of the tests that people have done. There. There's been I think Elon said there were over half a million. I think it was over 550,000 yep. initial attempts using Smart Summon in the first initial days, which is an incredible figure when you think about it. Uh, I'm sure a good chunk of those are, are a few of us just repeatedly trying it out. Um, what, what really is amazing about Smart Summon is, and I've done it now about three or four different times, it is interesting to see the car trying to learn as it's going. You know, it's trying to recognize, okay, I'm coming across a T-intersection here. I need to stop the car even though it's not technically recognizing stop signs yet, it just knows that it can't go straight. It has to stop and do something. Um, so that's that's a really cool thing. Um, I also have been sort of cautious. I, I mentioned this, I know uh, Trevor did too, is if you're going to try smart summon, do it in a very controlled environment. Um, if you're going to do it in the parking lot, ideally find an empty location where there's not a lot of cars around you. Um, if you're going to do it in a complex, like if you're going to try it at a Costco parking lot, do it like later in the day where the lot's not jam packed on a Saturday at 2 PM. Mm-hmm. Um, because at least you want to reduce the likelihood of there being an irate driver behind your car or, or you bumping into something or whatever it is. Um, but just overall, the, the, the initial test I did two days after I got it, um, was really like scary at first because you just my car really juts out of the parking spot pretty quickly, and then it, you see it trying to learn. So it's almost like the car is like a child learning how to walk. It is. It's a bit like jittery. okay, yeah. right? It's it's a bit jittery. It tries to figure it out, but I think once once you grasp how the navigation works, um, a good uh, tool is if you have the app on your phone, switch to satellite view, so you can sort of see the layout better. That gives you a better understanding of where it's going to go. Um, but also, just I think for people like. It is, it is, it, it's one of those things where it's so cool to play with it, but don't do it to just show it off. Like really do mm. it when it, when you really, you know, it's going to be okay to, to test it. Um, I think the other amenities in the vehicle, I think a lot of stuff we've mentioned, Joe mode and, and the, uh, the entertainment system and all that stuff, cuphead and all that, that's, that's all fun entertainment stuff. And I think it's really cool add-ons. I also think it's pretty cool. The stuff they've added with the app that coincides with that. So we have. The ability to vent your windows, uh, yes. open and close those, that's actually fairly new. Um, you can now defrost your windows, which is a great time to release that before winter sets in where you want to be able to defrost it. Because now you can now you just heat your seats, which you've always could do. Now you can actually defrost your windshield. Um, and I think the, the other big thing that's an, um, an improvement, and I've noticed this now with um, autopilot, is with the lane changes. So before you had solid lines yes. showing your, your, your lane markings on the highway. Now my vehicle... Um, here in Florida, uh, the HOV lanes typically have double white lines that are fairly close together. And with autopilot, it was having a hard time being able to see where the lane is that I'm in, where that outer boundary is, versus looking at the next set of white lines as the outer boundary. So you would see autopilot sort of this jitter uh, on one side with the left lane. Now that they've sort of changed it so that it's actually showing the lane markings, it actually, my vehicle, if the lane markings are fairly clearly painted, my vehicle is centered in the lane more effectively and not trying to jut over to the left edge because it doesn't really know, like, if it's a, a double image or something with the cameras. Um, so I've noticed that improvement with autopilot, which is a big thing. Um, 
I mean, that's sort of the, the stuff I've noticed so far. I, I think it's just, you know, when, when B10 rolls out and everyone's like starting to get it, you know, I, I tweeted out to people this uh, funny gif of Taylor Swift, which is like, just need to calm down. It's going to eventually get there. <laughs> um, to have finally gotten it, to have gotten the download uh, and, and to start playing with it. it. It's just, I have to give so much applause and gratitude to the engineers of Tesla because the fact that with every update they produce, you have some improvement of something, even if it is a dot upgrade, like we're seeing now, the last couple updates are all dot updates and they're minor improvements. They're fixing bugs that have been reported, whatever it is. Those are still ways of getting in that feedback loop from Tesla owners, seeing what the data is telling them, quickly diving into the problem, fixing it, and then saying, we've thoroughly tested this, we're good to go, and a release goes out as soon as it's ready. Um, and now we're going to see just continual improvements. We know that coming soon, they're going to release the text messaging update. Uh, we know there's been the clamoring for some people to have waypoints in navigation. Mm. That that's going to be a thing that was once in V9 early on, then it got taken out. Maybe now they can put that back in again for V10. So, but it just, it's, it's a whole new car. It's a whole new experience. And it literally is 100% software driven, which is amazing. <laughs> So I want to take a moment here and just talk about autopilot a little bit. I mean, there's two components to this. One is the new visualizations on the screen. We'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. And then behavior or how it's performing. Now, uh, for those of you who <clears throat> who who maybe not don't have a Model 3, uh, because on the S and X you have the you know instrument cluster, it shows you the autopilot information, but you can't touch it. So on the Model 3, you can actually touch it. You can zoom in, zoom out, and you can spin it around 360 degrees. Now, does that serve a useful purpose as far as touching it? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But I've noticed that the the accuracy of the visualizations is better. Like the cars don't jitter uh, anymore. Um, I, I like it. The, the broken lines actually animate, so you can actually see that it's actually doing something. Yeah. Um, it's accurately sh showing the cars. I mean, I, I, and the fact that when you change lanes, it actually shows you, okay, you're going in this lane. This is where I predict the car is going to go. Um, all of that stuff really shows that they're putting some thought and, and trying to show people on, you know, when you're on autopilot, what is the car's expected behavior? So I think that's a really, a real good bonus. And, and how cool is the oncoming traffic thing now? That's, that's true. And, and, I was like, oh my God, there's a car coming down here like, yeah, yeah, on, the, yeah. on the display. Exactly. So I think it's all pointing to definite improvements on there. Um, has anybody experienced anything as far as, I mean, I haven't really driven my car all that much on autopilot since I've gotten it. Other than I did experience when I was going on to the on-ramp the other day, um, the car, and I posted the video on Twitter very quickly, where, um, because my Model X, when I had it, did not have the new update that they released that gives us the collision avoidance or the active, where it, you know, jerks you out of the lane, I experienced that for the first time. Now, I knew that the truck was there. I saw it, and the car, for whatever reason, just decided, no, you might hit that, and it just jerked me back in the lane. So anyways, I got to experience that. But general purpose, uh, has anybody noticed anything markedly different? Because I haven't experienced my car, like I said, long enough on, a pot, on autopilot to notice that much of a difference. I mean, I certainly noted my experience, how there's been an improvement because mm -hmm. of the, um, the lane markings now. Um, it's a smoother experience. The deceleration uh, when it is in stop and go traffic is a little bit smoother. It's not as aggressive as it once was. Um, so it's not actually using the, the mechanical brake as much. It's using the, uh, the electric brake. Um, I've had so, a couple of instances of phantom braking. 
you know what? I haven't had that yet, thankfully. Um, I've had it before, uh, but I mean, it's it's rare on occasion that I get it. What I here's what I have noticed. What I have noticed is, um, depending upon the lane that I'm in, if I'm close to an exit ramp and the car thinks I'm taking the exit ramp, mm-hmm. if it knows the exit ramp speed is say 40, my car may decelerate from what they think is 65 down to 40 right then and there, and I sort of pay attention to that. But as long as I'm not that close to the exit ramp and it doesn't confuse it, then I'm I'm usually okay. Um, Florida roads are weird. But I mean, in, as long as, as long shells, as you're weird, it's Florida, it's Florida for a reason. Um, but no, I, I, I have seen an improvement in V10, which has been much more. I'm actually now more apt to use autopilot just because of the improvements they've made in V10. Yeah. So I think that what, what I've experienced is every update things, <clears throat> things change, right? I'll, you know, there's one, where there's an overpass that goes from one freeway to another freeway. Um, it connects. And I remember. In the very beginning, it did it really rough. It would slow down uh, a great deal when it didn't need to be. Um, and then now it does it okay. I still get the every now and then phantom braking, so I'm still, you know, fully alert. And I think that's the whole thing is, um, you know, part of the thing is, is when you look at the, the release notes, autopilot still shows as beta, right? Autopilot is beta. And so I think the problem is, is could Tesla have created a better name for it? Probably. Um, I think people see it and go, cool, autopilot, click, click. I can do whatever and I can be, but the, the key is, is, and, and my wife is deathly scared of autopilot and anything that I do in the car. She's always like, what's going on? Why did it suddenly break? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, Hey, just, just relax. I it's, it's doing its thing. It may not make sense, but I'm fully aware of what's going on around me. Who's next to me. Who's behind me. Mm-hmm. I like that the car gives me now, like with the visibility on the screen, I've trained my brain to now, I still look at my blind spot, still look at my side mirror. But now in that swipe, I'm looking at the screen too. So I'm seeing what cars are around me. And it gives you that visibility. It is it is definitely safer. There are a lot of things added to it, but it's not fully autonomous. Of course. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, of... I still – yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say um, – didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, I, I wanted to kind of segue a little bit into the talk about Smart Summon because half of this panel doesn't have Smart Summon yet because, you know, Canada – um, so I want some of your experience on that. And, and by the way, I want to say thanks to Raj for doing that wonderful video, uh, that PSA, that public service announcement about, you know, be responsible about this. Don't, yeah. you know, don't try and flex the first time at Costco. I know, it, and you're absolutely right. It's very much like Christmas Day as we were kids, and we just can't wait to unwrap these presents. And we'll go and, you know, we just assume that it's perfect. And uh, and I agree with you 100%. Don't. Don't flex at Costco. Take it into a parking lot. Go play around with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes, it's a great party trick. It, it, it really shows. I mean, it wows people. There's that's undeniable. But it's 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 not ready yet. It's uh, yeah. you know, we've already seen accidents. And the problem is, and and I've said this many times on the podcast before, and you guys have seen this. The first time someone has an accident with Smart Summon, man, the media is going to go crazy. We've already seen yeah, it happen. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's it's a bunch of ambulance chasing, but. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I mean, it's like take it to the parking lot, get familiar with it, learn its its limitations, and then wait for subsequent software updates because it is going to improve. And I'll be honest, and I've said this on Twitter before, I, I there's only two use cases that I can see for this. Pouring rain, you positively absolutely need to get to your car, mm-hmm. or you're with someone who has mobility issues, and you know what? It's convenient. Let me pull the car, and it's also raining. 
That's my personal opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody wants to have their own reasons, and I get that. But personally, I, it's not something that I'm that I feel that I would actually use unless I actually needed to use it. Yeah. The um, one thing I wanted to add here is that going back to your point about trying to be cautious with this is that right now Tesla is the ant, and anyone trying to do, to deny what Tesla's doing is basically holding the magnifying glass in the sun. Mm. Yeah, true. you know. Um, there is always a spotlight on what we're doing and we as Tesla owners are being held responsible to that standard of, we need to make sure we're doing right by everybody else because we are sharing these parking lots. We're sharing these roads. Um, it is to Raj's point. These are all beta features. So you have to be 100% attentive all the time with what your car is doing, whether you're in it or whether you're not. And so if you are testing smart summon, you know, whatever your reasons are for testing it. Be smart about what it's doing. Always have your eyes in the car. Make sure there's no pedestrians around you. Make sure other cars are doing something. Yes, we've seen videos of it navigating crazy parking lots. We've seen it do all sorts of different things. Pulled over by a cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's not get started. That's Brooks for you. <laughs> hey, let's not get started with that. But but I mean, but ideally it is you have to be 100% on top of this. So even when I first start testing it, I look at my car all of a sudden jutting out really quickly is it going to hit this fence? Is it going to, what's it going to do? Where's it going? And you see the car trying to kind of do the calculation with all the cameras and the views and then sort of adjust accordingly. It is buggy. It is glitchy. It is not a very smooth thing to go from a parking spot out into your location and into where you're standing. It even has missed me by about 15 feet sometimes where it wants to come to where I'm at, but it's off. If you're thinking about this GPS, there is an error rate where you can be off by up to a hundred feet when you're looking at something via GPS. For those of us that wear fitness watches, we know all the time, like I just ran a 5k and my watch says I went 3.6 miles. How does that, you know what I mean? It's, it's, so these things can happen. Um, so it is just being judicious. Don't record every damn thing. Don't just, just be smart about it. I mean, if you don't, I mean, there's enough videos out there. Like it's really cool. You want to show your friends. That's great. But Trevor and Roger, right. And Ian, even Ian's made this point before when you're doing tests, like Ian did his test for his EV once in a control environment to do it. That's what you want to do because you want to risk a lot. You don't want to actually, you want to limit your liability for one, but number two, you want to make sure that you're avoid because if your car ever gets dented or is in an accident, no matter how minor it is, that's a terrible thing to have to go through. So you want to be able to avoid that. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool that they've updated the app at the same time because they get a partial vision system sent to the phone. So you can actually mm-hmm. see what the car is actually seeing eh, to a certain degree. I think that's right. interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, Elon did tweet out. Uh, actually, my friend uh, uh, James Locke actually uh, caught Elon yesterday in a tweet and asked him, you know, if you expected it to show up in Canada. And he says they're aiming to have that by this weekend. Of course, that's Elon time. So we'll see what transpires. <laughs> I guarantee you, it's going to hit the night I fly out of here on, on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone's in Canada. Great. I'm in Switzerland and now someone's in Canada. Fantastic. Yeah, but you, you get your update notification, you update your car from remotely, you get home and it's already there. Well, I know that I'm talking. True. I know I'm talking to my buddies up here, and they're all vying like, "Who's going to be the first guy to do a smart summon video?" I'm like, "Ugh, you and everybody and their brother. It's going to be the U.S. all over again. Everybody's posting videos on the." Um, Ian, where where are you going to test it? Where what what are your plans for it? What are you going to do? Will it work? Of as one does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Show all your buddies. I I just wish that we, you know, like because the only thing I love the fact now that we have the uh, the workplace chargers. 
but they're like six and a half miles from the front entrance. <laughs> it's like a long haul from where we had to put the chargers in to, to where the front. I used to, you know, like on, on the old standard SAE chargers, that's literally right next to the door. But um, since the new section of the building is so far away, so, you know, when I park down there and the car is not plugged in, it'd be great to be able to haul it up to the front door. So, and the nice thing is, it's a completely private lot. You know, there's only one entrance and um, entrance that's basically, you know, the main one. So yeah. it's not like there's any cross traffic or intersections or anything, you know, choochy that it has to deal with. So it's going to be a perfect place to test it. And I mean, you know, I can, I can teach it to go farther and farther. I can have it go all the way around the building and come and get me in the backyard. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a lot of goofing around with it there. And then uh, if I'm happy with how it works, well, then I might, I might actually use it, you know, in some of the local shopping centers. But I'm with you, Trev. I, you know, I'm sort of at the point now where it's not really essential. I'm, uh, I'm part of the Tesla walking club, as, um, as Mr. Bodner so aptly uh, hashtagged it. And uh, I'm, I'm into walking now, you know, like I could certainly use it. So it doesn't bother me in normal times. But the odd, really horrible weather day. What I'm really going to be curious to see is how is it going to work in winter up here? You know, when the car is caked mm. with snow and stuff, you know, if how much obscurity can the cameras handle? We all know right now under the current, you know, system, uh, navigate on autopilot, even in a hard rain, basically clocks out. It doesn't want to know. You get snow in the nose and the radar conks out. Yeah, exactly. So I'm very curious to see how this system handles winter. Um, I'm assuming if the cameras are all clear and like the radar is clear, it should operate. Um, but it'll be... At least it's low speed. Yeah, it is. It, it, exactly. Because, I mean, how cool would that be? You know, like the car is completely covered in the snow and like you just hit defrost and whoop, it melts everything off the cameras and then the thing just burrows its way uh, out. Now of... you just gave me another use case. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm waiting for because really, I mean, who wants to slog out to the car, you know, when there's like a foot what of is, snow? What is the snow you speak of? It's this dense white <laughs> powder. I've never seen it before. Yes, exactly. Wait, wait when oh. you, a white powder, is that something the cops use to... <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not the Florida kind of white powder. That's much more exciting. We don't yeah. have a lot of that. How about you, Raj? Where have you used it so far? Where have you where have you played with it with? Just like an empty parking lot. Um, you know, it, you just you want to see it how it handles the parking lines. I think that was important to me to see, hey, you know, because in the some of the earlier videos you saw it um, you know, driving through uh through the lines. Uh the other thing I really wanted to see is is it hugging on the right side of the road? Yes, um, that was always know, a lot a of times. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's what we're starting to see is in some of these, you know, demos. And, and the reason why, you know, we echoing so much is be careful is that, you know, there's, you know, you're, you're, the car's pulling out of a spot and somebody's waiting. And I've seen this video and the guy's like just standing there waiting while your car's like pulling in, pulling out, pulling in, pulling out. And like, mm -hmm. uh, 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 and the steering wheel's it's like jerking. jiggling away. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's learning. It's, it's taking a lot in. What I'm interested to see is, you know, I don't know if anyone's covered this is looking at a hardware three and a hardware 2.5 and to see is a smart summit any different. I don't, I think it could be, but I don't think they've tweaked it in the software such that it adapts to what hardware you're running. Because I would imagine that hardware three would be able to handle even more throughput of data mm -hmm. and be able yeah, to make smarter decisions. But um, I don't, I think like to what Elon said, they haven't unlocked that yet. So I also think it matters. Like, for example, I'm grandfathered in with EAP, uh, my enhanced autopilot. So I have some of the benefits of FSD without having True. FSD. So it also depends, I think, where what kind of configuration you have in your car based on on that setup. Um, you know, because for me, like, it seems like it works fine. I mean, I've seen videos from other people and I've seen my car and I'm like, I don't tend to have the same problems they're having with my car. Um, 
so you, you know there, there probably is a lot of validity what you're saying there with with hardware version three um i also think too that with a lot of folks is with autopilot we know how great it is today but imagine how many issues it had early on when it first got released to the um early access program um you know the it needs data points to to try to like just prove how well it works so it's good that there's over half a million tests in the first few days because that's just all data just all coming into yeah, computers absolutely. and it's, it's basically the ai is doing all the work to kind of do all the calculations so to your point it's good to test it test it in a controlled environment because that's also teaching the car how to get better at this it's giving data uh, tests more data in their calculations to show you know do how does it work with or without lane markings how does it work in you know this kind of curb that's turned there what if it's there's grass and there's no bumper there how does it read that does it actually just drive over it mm -hmm. like it's the road um all of that matters um but don't do it like in, in a movie theater parking lot where it's like the matinee showing and like people are trying because don't be that guy don't yeah. be that guy no. And I think the other thing too is, is like, is the, you know, you want to, even if you want to help Tesla and you want to get them the data and you want to test it, don't risk your car. Like, yeah. oh, you want is, I'd be you know, paranoid first time we use it. Yeah. You know, like uh, when, when you see a video of summoning, someone doing smart summon and something happening, immediately fear comes upon you and you're like, mm -hmm. ah, do this anymore and then if something happens like who are you to blame it's kind of like well you're the one i mean tesla has said hey this is it's all on you like use it with caution they've right laid everything the out release there. notes it's... are very clear about that yeah yeah um, but i think go ahead no elon did uh i think of that same thread did say how much data they had received back and mm -hmm. you know that may be even what these little incremental updates are coming in like oh we just learned something boom push it out it was an easy mm -hmm. fix um so i think we're gonna see if anyone remembers I don't, but if anyone remembers when autopilot first launched, I'm sure autopilot behaved in a very similar way and how far it's come since it began and it's still in beta. So I feel that smart summon is going to follow that same exact path. Uh, remember when I got my model X, it was not on par with autopilot one. These were very early days. And in March of uh, 20, oh gosh, March of 2018, when we got the very first big confidence update, that's when I saw a big improvement. So uh, you know, this is before the Model 3 really was, mm -hmm. was you know, out there in, in, in big numbers and stuff. So I, I saw the big update. You're absolutely right. It was a huge in, increase there. And you're absolutely right. I mean, more people have this data now. Now they're going to see it. I mean, it's one thing to have, say, 1,000 to 2,000 people in the early access program giving them data. It's quite another to have half a million now. Right. So it's it's going to get better. I'm I'm curious to see what the next level will be. Uh, and I've always said this many times before, what I call seek and park mode, which is the inverse. Get out of the car, press the button, and let the car go and find its own parking spot. That, that's going to be, I mean, for me, it's going to be a lot of nail biting at first. Like, where is it going to find this parking spot? You know, is it going to go and find a spot where there's no cars? Is it going to find a spot between two? Like, you know, I mean, the boatners of the world, like, go to the far end of the parking lot. I want you nowhere <laughs> I hope they call it Michael Bodner mode. Michael yeah, Bodner. I'm going to go to Costco. Can you park at Walmart? That'd be great. <laughs> so, um, I, 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 Trevor, I would say to that point, I would think that that's sort of like autonomy level three, three point five kind of thing. Because right now we know we know there's. I've seen some range tests for uh, the smart summon that they've sort of broken the 200 foot barrier. Like, so, I know that's sort I, of- There's probably edge cases. For what, right, I mean, that, the limit is that. So when just, as people are testing this, just bear in mind, if you walk more than 200 feet from your car, it's probably not gonna work. 
Um, but the, the basically the just park and go like that sort of thing that, that you're talking like that could be half a mile, you know, you know, depending upon the Costco parking lot, it's, it's basically, you're looking at the end of days. Um, especially during the holiday season. What I don't want to see is the guy who spends half an hour driving around the parking spot, trying to find that one parking spot that's closest to the door and mm-hmm. then uses it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, that guy, you know, I tell you what, all the, I'm willing to guarantee that all the data smart something is gathering is going to really help make that when that does go to uh, early access, when they finally say, Hey, we're, we're going to release this. That's going to be a huge deal for them because now the car is knowing how to sort of uh, ingress and egress out of a parking spot. Uh, and then be able to kind of go a very short distance to where you're standing to then be able to just on its own drive wherever it wants to in a parking lot. Again, it's a sort of controlled environment, kind of. Yeah. Um, but all, all this data that's getting now is basically like the baby step to the next big thing that would be coming uh, in, the, in the years to come. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the, here's the interesting question. If you're in a parking lot and since we're all Tesla owners and you see someone, you know, smart summon another Tesla, you're more forgiving, I would say, right? If everyone here, would you be more forgiving of that Tesla? I'd be more patient. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I think that's an interesting to think about is that that's today. An awareness still, thing, yeah. yeah and, and I don't know, I, I know they're a lot nicer up in, up in Canada, but you know, <laughs> here we're hasty and we're just like, we want to like move, get out of my way. Take I need my tomatoes and whole food. Damn it. Let's go. Yeah, like here's this guy who's not in his car. He's, you know twiddling around with this tesla trying to get it to park and it's not working and i'm gonna react and so i think because teslas are still not you know the masses we're learning now but we're in an environment that's strongly that's majority of you know ice vehicles that are hasty people are driving them so they're not as patient and the hate is real yeah and when you go to a fully autonomous world like even in autopilot the car is not aggressive, even though there's the Mad Max mode, it's not aggressive. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of autonomy is safety and safety is done in a non-aggressive manner. Right. But when you're taking non-aggressive cars, safe cars, and putting them in a world of aggressive cars, <laughs> you're going to get a little bit of, you know, <laughs> friction. So uh, it'll take some time, I think. I'm ahead, so happy you brought that up, Raj, because it's like, it's another thing, you know, like I lately, I've just become very aware, like I... I I want the Tesla community to be better. I think overall, you know, a huge number of us are are good custodians of the brand. But, you know, there's a couple of rusty nails always sticking out of the floorboard causing problems. And it really it just has this terrible, you know, global effect on, on you know, it's it's always people just love to repeat the worst stories. Right. You know, it's the bad circulating. Yeah. Bad news always circulates. So, yeah, I can just see a situation like that where if everybody's constantly goofing around with a summon to have fun with it and you're holding up traffic like six cars back in the parking lot, no one's going to dig this. Like the novelty is going to wear off real quick. So, right. yeah, I, I, that's it's in the back of my mind. I, w- I wouldn't want to use it in a situation where I'm going to inconvenience anybody else for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, these are $60,000 cars. They're not toys. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the idea that you would, I mean, look, I'm all for pushing the envelope a little bit as an owner. If you're doing it in a way where it's either going to help Tesla in terms of data or, or, um, it is in a way that you're doing it to help educate others on what's right and what's wrong about how to do something. So if I, if I'm doing a smart summon demonstration and I'm going, okay, watch this, I'm going to show you how it does this, but I'm going to let go to avoid an, a collision because that's you're just helping educate people how to do something correctly. And I think too often people get wrapped up in the, I want to up the ante. I want to kind of take it beyond what I've seen. I want to kind of really uh, prove to people that this is what can work. I'm like, 
don't. They're not freaking toys. I mean, I know yeah. for me, um, when I started testing with Smart Summon, the first time I saw the car pull out of the parking lot or the, out of the parking space, it did it at a it, it it turned the corner pretty quickly and it sort of accelerated faster than I might do it. But then when I thought for even a second it's going too fast for my taste, I let go. I'm like, I'm just gonna stop the car. No one's around, sense. no other cars are moving, it's fine, there's no risk of collision. I just it made me feel uneasy. And then I said, okay, I'm gonna try this again. And then I was able to do it from where the car was at and keep going. So, you know, some people just kind of just let it go. I'm like, you know, you, I mean, again, accidents can happen. We, we know that uh, well-broadcast story of a vehicle that was an ice car backing out of a parking spot. The Tesla comes out of a spot, turns left, and is trying to go. And then all of a sudden, the, the car that was in the parking spot basically bumped into the Tesla. Minor collision. It was caught on sentry mode. Um, but we, we saw it. And, you know, there was questions of, well, who's responsible? You know, what's the insurance company? And then you have insurance for that reason. But the thing is, I would not test it, even at this early stage in beta mode, in that kind of parking lot, in that mm -hmm. environment where there's a lot of folks. If it's relatively empty or it's, a, you know, an hour of the day where most people are sort of still in bed or, you know, whatever it is, that's a different story. Um, but when you have other people who you cannot control, that's where you run the risk of something happening. So again, we're, we're advocating these things because we just want, we're looking out for all of you as our, in our audience. Yep. Um, but it's, it's also the idea that, again, I mentioned it before, we're the ants and everyone else has got the magnifying glass. It, any misstep, any miscalculation made along the way is just another black eye on the company. And it's just, again, it's owners are not Tesla themselves, but it doesn't help Tesla when owners are basically doing things inappropriately. Fine Lab has aligned protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. Any other things that we should talk about about V10? I mean, we talked about the entertainment. We spent a lot of time on Smart Summon. Is there anything else in there that we might have forgotten about? I mean, other than the games. By the way, the Cuphead thing is not included in the update. It's a side download, so be patient. It has to come over Wi-Fi. It's pretty big. Um, you need a game controller, controller for that. Yeah, yeah, get a, get yourself a wired controller. By the way, I had a friend of mine who called me today and he says, oh, I went on Amazon and I bought these two wired controllers and I plugged them in and didn't work. Um, so uh, not all game controllers are created equal, so pay attention. We have, yeah. I mean, we have a whole thread on the forum and stuff if you guys want to see what works and what doesn't. Uh, you know, don't waste your money. Go check out there first. So we have a search function that actually works. Um, I think I think karaoke, the karaoke, karaoke. is... Karaoke. Cool. Raj <laughs> did a great video on that. Did you guys see that? So yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I played um, with no, it I, once. It was like, okay. Mm, I think the thing was that there wasn't enough people that were brave enough to do it. And so I was like, <laughs> there, I mean, everyone was doing videos of the Netflix and the YouTube. And it's like, it looks, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved Netflix and YouTube. And that was the most exciting thing to me. But on the, after download, you went on there, click, 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 let me check it out. And yeah. you open it, you're like, okay, cool. It looks just the way it does on my TV screen. Whoop dee, mm -hmm. you know, like, so it's kind of like that part was uneventful. So, um, yeah. but karaoke was something completely different and it's fun. And I know a lot of people like doing it. And I mean, yeah. 
I'm not one for singing, as you could tell by my <laughs> voice, but, <laughs> but it was fun. But to you try had out. fun and it was fun to watch. Yeah. So it made some good content. I hope you got some views out of that. That was always fun. I also thought it was really cool. They moved the um, the call button from further yes. down on the right side now to the immediate uh, dead Thank left, God. which is fantastic. I, right? I mean, I mean, granted, you always had the voice option to do it, but it's just nice that the button's a lot closer to the I, I would like to see the buttons be customizable in the sense of order. Like, press and hold like the iOS and the jitter and move yeah. it around. Yeah. That would be great. I mean, give us some more flexibility. My, my biggest bugaboo, is, especially on the, on, the, on the Model X that I had, actually I'm seeing it on the Model 3, is, is when, you, when you press um, um, entertainment, it always wants to go full screen. And I'm like, I, just, I want a setting so that I want it to go away. Like when I hide the damn thing, don't come back unless I press that button. That's just me. I know a lot of other people like it up and down, stuff like that. But it's just, I find with the Model 3 especially, is because the screen real estate is a little more limited, being horizontal, that a lot of these other things, these overlays and stuff, I like to see the maps. That's my main thing. I like mm -hmm. to see the maps. So anything that's coming up as an overlay just takes away from that. At least with the Model X, you got a vertical screen. Of course, you could do the half and half. So it is what it is, but uh, I would like to picky. have a... I would, I would like to have a little more customizability as far as where do I want my icons... That type of thing. Um, and the driver, I'm also a big fan of the driver profile because now you can save your AC positions, which is there's, fantastic. There's so much, yes, there's so much stuff that's being oh. added in there. That's that's truly wonderful. Um, let me see here. What else? The, Ian, um, did your Hulu disappear? Oh, yeah. I I haven't looked in the last few days. It was <laughs> I there. It's gone. That was a boo-boo on Tesla's part. They included oh, yeah. Hulu in the Canadian I, release. Yeah, but I signed, you know what was stupid is uh, Hulu was like really pushing people up here to sign up. So I was like, Hulu in Canada? Not available to so I signed up and it's like, oh, sorry, not available in your area. I'm like, oh. exactly. Yeah. And then they keep so, sending me things to, to resubscribe. They're like, you idiots. It, <laughs> the first I, day, I, I watched out. it. I, the first day it went out to Canada, everybody's like, oh, it was Hulu and stuff like that. And like two or three hours later, it's like, it's gone. It's just disappeared oh, on us. Okay. Well, the odd uh, thing is, I mean, I didn't expect it to be in the cars. We knew there was a lot of talk of Netflix and YouTube in the That's true. And all of a sudden, no like, was be and Hulu just showed up. I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. Well, at least with the in that area, there's lots of uh, real estate for them to add some more stuff. So who knows what else uh, they want to sign up. Hey, li listen, at the end of the day, when you click any one of those, it's just a web, it's just a web view. Mm -hmm. It's a full screen yeah. web view is all it is. Yeah. So it's super easy to, for them to add an icon with some kind of URL behind the scenes. I'm like Raj. I, mean, I was said, able to you know, pull we, up Plex. We, we have the best screens screen. for that now. I'm just saying. The Model 3 is just perfect. I mean, the Model yeah, yeah. Y is going to have it too, and that's fantastic. But True. US and X owners, you'll, you'll learn. What's the Roadster going to do? I guess we don't get any of that stuff in the Roadster. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just going to cover the windshield. It's like a two way glass. It's just, you're going to see it. Everyone's going to look in you going, what, what the hell are they laughing at? I'm, I'm going to be like this anything. the whole time. <laughs> Not have any time to watch anything in that car. That would be the point of it. Because you're going to go from your house to the store in like nine seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so. True enough. True enough. Um, any closing thoughts on V10 before we get to viewer listeners and questions? Um, For those of you that are listening to this podcast outside of North America, uh, V10 will eventually get to you. These rollouts tend to be very progressive. Starts in the U.S., then goes to Canada, and then it goes out. Um, we will get to our, our listener questions in just a second. One of those questions is, when will I get V10 here? Uh, it just, it is a, just a little bit. It, it takes time to get there, but eventually we'll get there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, really quick, the, so I think Trevor, you touched on this is that realistically all of those apps, which I was actually surprised about, cause I thought, Hey, here's an opportunity for, you know, Netflix and YouTube to make a native app that 
works really well with the car where like maybe I could, you know, pause the video with my scroll wheel and, and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe rearrange the buttons so they're a little bit more user friendly. Um, they weren't native apps. They're actually just using the web browser. Um, so I think in a way that's good. And the other side of that is that you can now play any video on any website that you want, um, and that can work. So some of us have, you know, seen Plex work. Those of us that use Plex, and mm-hmm. um, you can go to Vimeo.com and watch videos there. Obviously, still video will only play when the car's in park, um, but you know there are also little loopholes that we've found to make full screen web browser for like the yep. Plex users. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, I love that video now plays in the web browser. I think that's uh, that's opened up a lot of potential and made the browser a lot more powerful. Um, but I don't know. I was kind of hoping for a dedicated, a dedicated app that kind of, but I guess it's, it's more development on the, on the providers part from like the YouTube or the Netflix. I think, and, but, I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. As far as Tesla's concerned, they don't want any more engineering overhead than they, they can, they can handle. And the fact yeah. that they switched to Chromium, which gives us video and mm-hmm. HTML5 video and audio format, Web apps are where it's at. Um, See you later, Flash. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's absolutely, I mean, for them to do it in a web view makes perfect sense. And it works. I mean, it's so much more responsive. It's like mm-hmm. I said before, when I had my Model X and I had an MCU one, the web browser was the worst feature. I'd never used it in the car. It was so horrible. And now, cripes, I can, I, can, I can surf the web in this car. I can bring up the forum and it's snappy. I love it. So, isn't it isn't amazing what you're missing out on? Yeah, it's a subject for another day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we've talked about V10 enough. Um, I'm sure people will have more questions as they go along, and uh, we'll be monitoring the situation. Again, just remember, it's early days. Could be a lot of bugs in it. There's going to be a lot of software updates coming out to uh, squish any bugs um, as they they go out. Now, I think it's time on the show where we dive into viewer and listener questions. By the way, for those of you who don't know where these questions come from, we send out a tweet early in the day, so make sure you follow me on Twitter. Uh, we I publish a, a web form, a Google web form, where you can submit your questions, and this is the time on the show where we answer them. So Raja's going to join us tonight, and feel free to jump in on any one of them. All right, first question comes from Carlo. He says, I'm considering a M3P, Model 3 Performance. Trevor or and or Ian, what is the average watt-hour per mile you're getting? Is it worth the upgrade from a long-range rear-wheel drive? Ian? I'll let you answer that. Um, it is a little bit of an energy pig. So it really depends on what your expectations are. If you don't do a huge amount of long distance traveling, particularly in remote areas, um, it's no big deal because the car still has, you know, a 500 kilometer uh, or 300, about 300 mile range, you know, under optimal conditions. So it's real rare you get to use all of it. And I found, you know, the only really big trips I've done is to Florida and back. And the superchargers were so close together and they charge so fast now that it really didn't matter to me. The fact that, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere near the same efficiency as a, as a long range rear wheel drive. So again, it's use case. You know, if, if you really need every last ounce of range that the LRRWD has, then I would tend to want to stick with it. But um, if you're if you're never coming close to using that car's full capabilities, then you'll be perfectly satisfied. I would say it it offers around you know eighty or ninety percent of the range. You know, if we're looked at one way, or you know, take it to be you know about ten to twenty percent worse efficiency. Looked at the other way is, is sort of what I see when I compare to everybody's numbers with the uh, with the rear wheel drives. I'm going to add my two cents, if you don't mind, Carlo. If you're listening. 
Um, I came from a 75D Model X. The range is welcome. <laughs> so I have no complaints as far as the range is concerned. And if you're, you know, listen, if you have the means for a Model 3 performance, I highly recommend it. That yeah. car is like I'd, I'm just partial to my car because as a uh, long-range rear-wheel drive owner myself, my car is now a rare commodity. You can't get them anymore. So Not even off the menu? I don't think nope. Can't no, get really? It. They're they are donezo, baby. I have the rare car. <laughs> he has a unicorn. Oh, I don't know why. Yeah, I thought right. you could so, so, so I'm I'm someone that looks at like, you know, when I when look, the performance car will throw your head back. It's an amazing vehicle. Uh, I almost want to throw up every time I ride one. Um but I would not trade in my car to get one. That's me. It's my decision. Uh but I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But uh yeah, I mean that's my, my car is now you can't get it anymore. Ta da. True, that. and that vehicle is the most efficient Tesla ever created. It's the yep. long-range rear-wheel drive. It has the longest, sorry, it is the longest range for a Model 3 now. Yeah, correct. <laughs> it used to have the longest range yeah. till the Ravens. Um, but yeah, I I, I I agree with you, Eric. I love my rear-wheel drive long-range, and um, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but, you know, for the price <laughs> that I paid for it. I know. Let's go back to yeah, that. I know. I know. I'm with you. you. I'm with you there. There are every now and then this thought comes to my head. It goes, damn, the performance. It, mm. You know, so when I made the V10, when I made that karaoke video, I borrowed mm. somebody's uh, Model 3 that was a performance car. And I just I just had to go take it for a joyride. I mean, it was. I know. <laughs> it's, I don't get that. There's bananas. It's amazing. It, is. it really it, is. It sticks to the ground, that all-wheel drive. <sighs> so I have my so moments. I can imagine, like, uh, Eric, you're going to get the performance car? I mean, I gave up a liver. I gave up a kidney. Uh, you know, nine yeah. pints of blood. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Next question comes from Pedro. He says, I've had my Model 3 in for repairs for a month now. The folks over at uh, Tesla Netherlands don't seem to have any parts, and uh, they can't give me an ETA. Elon said that this would be a priority this year. Do you have any feedback for any improvements, Canada, U.S., or EU? Oh, yeah, the service thing is still a work in progress as far as Tesla's concerned. I've noticed that, um, in general, things have been improving. Now, keep in mind, my experience with service where I am, and then it could be just a geographical thing, less Teslas maybe. Uh, service, in my case, has always been very good. Um, parts availability is still a bit of an issue. Of course, you're in Europe now, of course, uh, you're not close to the Fremont factory and he doesn't mention what parts he's he's needing so I think in most cases that if your car was in an accident or something like that and they have to get replacement parts body panels that type of probably thing, front end yeah mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that can take a while yeah that seems to be universally just taking a little longer than most people I mean I've heard people up here say oh, I got an accident parts right here in two weeks so I think it's kind of the luck of the draw um I don't if know. I, what do you? What, I was gonna say. Here, here's my thought too. We just talked earlier in the show about the uh, the near 100,000 cars delivered figure. Um, it could very well be that there is a lot of parts being dedicated to production, and not as many parts being allocated for service, um, proportionally speaking. So it's impossible that they want to sort of get to a balance there. They just haven't hit that yet. Um, it may be that they have orders. Uh, for parts that they've already allocated to be in production. And so they don't, they have to kind of separate the two things. Um, you're sort of like planning your budget for a year. You you sort of earmark certain things and, you know, you can't just pull from one to spend for the other. Um, so I would think, I think maybe probably starting in 2020, we'll see a sort of a balance where 
these are pretty easy fixes that they have the parts available. Um, but I think because of all the major pushes they've had every quarter this year so far, I think that's why you're having some parts issues in, in sparse numbers. Let's not forget that Tesla, as of Q2 of this year, has been building more production at Fremont to increase production of cars. So along with that, I'm hoping that parts come along for the ride yeah. as well. So I would, uh, I, go ahead. I would Ryan. love to see, you know, a, I think we've got in, in, at least, I mean, I know Canada can get a little bit more, but at least, you know, in, in the United States, supercharging and, and the, and the growth of that has been tremendous. So I wouldn't actually mind, and maybe I'm on my own on this one, but let's put that on a pause maybe and maybe dedicate some more time for service centers. Um, and then maybe even areas that are actually their sole purpose is to just build parts, you know, like distribution centers that are building the parts, making them available and getting them to service centers because to what, you know, Eric was saying is that we're seeing huge spikes. More and more people are getting their cars, which could, I mean, yes, it's the safest car in the world, but could mean that more people are going to need parts mm -hmm. or need things or mm -hmm. need to bring in for service. Not clearly as much as an ICE vehicle, but you just don't want all those new owners to go through this kind of experience. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like start executing on it now ASAP. Yeah. I think Elon did mention, I think it was in the last <clears throat> uh, financial call where they said they were putting more resources into sending parts to service centers, the common stuff and, yeah. and, and not having to, you know, warehouse everything in Fremont all the time. Because um, I know from talking to the service people here that they don't, I mean, other than small stuff, they don't really have anything on hand. So when they order parts, and, and especially, also, I also talk to some of the, the, the body shops, actually, the, the authorized body shops that work on stuff. And they say, well, the process of ordering parts, we go direct to Tesla now. It used to go through head office in, in Canada, and then it would send to Fremont. But now they talk straight to Fremont. So when I say that there's definitely improvements, that's where I'm talking about, because some of the body shops have relayed that information to me, that they're talking directly to Fremont, and they get parts within a couple of weeks. So it, like, I, like I said, it, it could be a geographical thing. I know that Pedro's in, the US, in, in Europe. So anyways, I'm hoping that things improve for you, Pedro. Uh, you know, nobody wants to have their car in service for this kind of long. I mean, a month is, is not fun. Although, I mean, uh, you know, to be fair, I've heard of people had Fords in their shop for three months and four months. So I think it's kind of the luck of the draw and stuff. But uh, yeah, nobody wants to have their car. In, I mean, if your rentals, if you're if your loaner is a Tesla, you're fine. Uh, but really quickly here, uh, I wanted to add one thing. We are okay. seeing improvements. So we did see improvements with mobile service. So <laughs> while while Pedro's circumstance is certainly an outlier, I think by and large is an outlier. Um, there's been a great improvement now through the cars computer screen through your mobile app to get mobile service done more and more people are able to get their appointments done at work or at home or whatever it is so they don't have to go to a service center i mean i had a headlamp replaced my car didn't have to go to a service center um so th that was an improvement from q2 to now i think just it's for these extreme cases where there's significant body damage where the availability of parts is sort of a question but i think the mobile service has helped alleviate a lot of that stuff at the service mobile services truly outstanding it's, it's really amazing. been tremendous yeah question on that how do you force a mobile service how do you force a mobile so service? yeah like so can you what, select that i want this mobile so there was a notation by elon that at, for now in the mobile app there's a notes section you'd simply just just type in mobile service requested uh and that oh, that goes in with the submission so they'll okay. try to do it if they can they can try to do it mobile but also depending upon what service you're selecting it has preset values for whether or not you can and can't do it. So for example, if you wanted to have your AC cleaned and you wanted, um, I don't know, let's say, uh, you know, some interior panel fixed. Well, the interior panel, they can actually do with mobile tech. 
but the AC almost prompts it to have to go to a service center. So you'd actually, in that case, if you <laughs> unselected AC, you would actually get mobile service by default. If you select the AC, again, in that example, you'd actually wouldn't have to, in your notes section, just type in mobile service requested. Uh, and that'll that'll sort of uh, think, help with that. I think for the most part, they try and prioritize on mobile as much mm -hmm. as possible yeah. because it's it's yep. less resource stressful mm -hmm. for them. Okay. Next question comes from uh, Arakel. He says, when will we get V10 in France? Later. <laughs> well... Our friend Michael Russo, uh, who has a Model S, and he's on the he's he's one of the moderators on our forum. He has it, so it's definitely going out. I wonder if it's those who have FSD first, sort of like here in the U.S. And so if 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 he has priority FSD, was given to FSD, right? So if he's either if he's either in the early access program, they got it first. If then came FSD, and I think then came general users after. We have users now uh, that have been reporting that have SR plus no S no FSD, and and they're certainly getting it. So right. Um, remember these updates go out in batches of VINs and the VINs don't, you know, they're not necessarily sequential. It's like, oh, you're mm -hmm. getting it first mm -hmm. and you have a three and I have a five. I mean, it's not like that. They just structure yeah. them. They send them out. Just all I have to say is if you want V10, you got to make sure your car's on Wi-Fi mm -hmm. and also go into your software settings and set it to advanced. That way you get it sooner. So you also know why they don't roll it out at one time? Server. You don't mm -hmm. want to overload the server with every <laughs> single car again. They update at the exact same time. Yeah. Stop so. watching Netflix if you want that download to be faster. <laughs> I noticed my download took a while because my access point out in the backyard that I have is uh, the connection's a little on the slow side. Like I get one, maybe two bars. And it was downloading V10. I got 50%. And I'm like, oh, I got to leave and go get an errand. And I'm like, I drove out. No, no, actually, it was almost at 99%. And I went and drove and came back, and it started back over at 50%. So. Which, by the way, how great is it now on the app? It tells you what the progress is of your download. Amazing. I haven't experienced that yet, but what? yes, it's certainly there. Yeah. But by the way, today I got the 32.11.1, I think it one, is, yeah. the latest one. And I was driving to work, and I see the little downwards arrow. It says connect uh -huh. to Wi-Fi to download it. I fire up a hotspot on my phone, <laughs> Yeah. click on it. It's downloading as I'm driving to work. So when I get to work, I park. I'm like, go ahead and install then that now. Yeah, then it stages, yeah. yes. Yeah. Nice. We were just talking about that on last week's show, and uh, it wasn't clear people are claiming they can do that. And then a few people, I, I was sure, said that that's exactly what you can do. You can download it while you're driving, but you obviously can't install it. So Exactly. Right. It, I, yeah, yeah, it downloads and stages to the car. Well, what's great too is I came home today. I actually uh, opened the software setting on my screen. It says checking for update. And then all of a sudden it was there and it just started downloading it. Yeah. It's awesome. On demand. Yeah, much better. All right, next question comes from Wayne. He says, when do you think Smart Summon is coming to Canada? Well, as we uh, described a little earlier, Elon said, uh, we're aiming aiming in quotes air quotes uh for this weekend so uh that's elon time mm -hmm. it could be a month yeah who knows stay tuned so such optimism <laughs> <tuned>. you have <laughs> hey this is not our first rodeo when no it comes i know to elon yeah. time <laughs> all right next question comes from chase it says what are your experiences with seeing uh, opposing traffic visualized on the screen i'm not seeing much after getting v10 but remember seeing some neat videos of the visualization visualization Posted on the early access customers. Um, I haven't seen oncoming traffic myself. I only have my car a few days, and then of course it's I, in the shop right now. Getting I definitely have. I found it's on the tighter two-lane roads where mm -hmm. you know there's you know, like the opposing traffic is really within the camera's field of view. Mm -hmm. If right. it's a wide two-lane road, you know, where the opposing traffic's too far away, it doesn't seem to catch them. So it depends on on the road width. Has been my experience. It also mm -hmm. might matter what version of hardware you have. Oh, okay. Right. If you're if you're on 2.0 versus 2.5 or three, uh, that mm -hmm. might make a difference. 
Um, but I, but for sure, definitely the car the, has three, but I haven't seen any difference. Yeah, definitely the geography uh, oh, yeah. is is yeah. a, a certifiable difference. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, next question comes from Kyle. He says, "Has anyone discovered uh, V10 Easter eggs that Tesla was tweeting about?" Anybody? Nope. Raj, you got a smile on your face. No, no I nothing. Like I look like an idiot. I'm like <laughs> clicking around, poking around, trying to do weird stuff. Like I, it, anyone who finds it, like whoever found the um the back to the future one i mean how yeah. like wait is that the that's... future one what hold what hold the press wait. wait you didn't know about the back to the future one no I wait, seriously the one on the on your phone when you get to uh, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. that one yeah, yeah, i'm yeah, thinking yeah, in the car we talked oh. about it. no 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 oh god what do you think the car like lifts off um give me a heart no. attack there that i that no, i did no, see. no no, no. The, uh, everything is what's been seen already out there but i mean you think about that like who ch- who happens to get to that you know that exact miles right. and then like clicks on the app like it's just mind-boggling so <laughs> i want a kid just, easter egg that's what i you want you can just imagine there's probably all kinds of weird stuff what am i going to do every mile go and open up the app and click around and see i mean it's just... right <laughs> if i well, tap the loot box 19 times am i going to see some special <laughs> thing come up like what the heck <laughs> Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. That's like that's like the person who discovered, or when they got revealed that if you if you're at a charging station, you press the button ten times in rapid succession, you're you have the yeah. rainbow LED. Like, yeah, first of all, the like, just I want to be in the meeting room as a fly in the wall when going. All right, guys, I have this great idea for an Easter egg. You ready for this? Like, what the heck? What? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, if we find any more, we'll report on it. All right, moving along. Next question comes from Gary. He says, when can we expect FSD to see stoplights and, st- and signs? Also, avoid highways option on nav would be great. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, it, the software is probably already operating in shadow mode on most of the cars. Um, but we don't have any solid concrete information on that yet. Yeah. So here's a question for you guys. Um, I remember seeing some people reporting that the car would warn or stop at a stoplight. I true. have never experienced that. Earl so I don't know has. If, yeah. Er, Earl did early on. Yes. But I've I've never, I've never of, seen that myself. I haven't. Never had. I, I, in fact, I've not pressed on the brake hoping. <laughs> and then it was always like, oh, no, I'm going to. You're that just, guy, Raj. <laughs> Got to be safe with our cars. Um, well, like I said, Elon, Tesla says that's supposed to be a feature coming by the end of this year. So I think it's probably safe to say, at least in some circumstances, that the software is probably operating in shadow mode. Um, there is a YouTube, uh, not a YouTube, but a, a Twitter account uh, called, I don't have it in front of me, Green or something like that. Anyways, he has a habit of grabbing autopilot computers off of eBay, and he hacks them, gets into them, and he publishes some fantastic videos of what the visualization is actually seeing. I haven't seen him do any of it recently, but um, if you want to see what's going on, he's a great guy to follow because he's a, he's a real tinkerer. All right. Um, let's see here. Moving on. Next question comes from Dave. He says, uh, would you know if the Model 3 is being produced now have the updated FSD hardware 3? Yes, they are. Since uh, March or April of this yeah. year, all Model 3s have the hardware 3 car, uh, com- or autopilot computer. So hope that answers your question. If it's not made, if it's made prior to that, you have 2.5. You will get the FSD computer for free if you pay for FSD. Okay, because whether you need it or not, the cost of the upgrade is included in the price of FSD. Tesla loves their TLAs. Speaking of FSD, uh, didn't they say the price was supposed to go up once uh, Smart Summon was released to the fleet? What I, haven't che- I haven't checked to see if my price has gone up, but uh, that's what they said. 
about a thousand bucks, you said. So maybe they'll wait till everybody has it. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think you always gotta you you gotta always have some kind of like uh there's a grace date, right yeah yeah and right. and also it's kind of like when when I, I think they know right like this is very very early beta but when when it starts getting enhanced and involved and and it's really like rocking and rolling people the way want it. you know oh yeah people will want it and then they're kind of like right, time like, to dial up the price Pony up, baby. All right, next question comes from Dion. He says, I have an MCU-1 in my 2017 Model X. Oh, boy, I know where this is going. I know where this um, is going. <laughs> I know people are trying to get a retrofit for the new MCU. Is it best to hold out until MCU-3 comes out? With the rapid advances of the Tesla, it's hard to chase technology. Um, I don't have any indication that there's an MCU-3. Uh, they just updated all the cars, S's and X's, to MCU-2 as of May of last year. So it has the same Intel chip that the Model 3 enjoys. I don't see them switching anytime soon because the MCU-1 has lasted basically six years at this point. So um, certainly MCU-2 has a lot more horsepower. I mean, for autopilot uh, visualization, of course, it's not responsible for autopilot, but uh, the new games, the emulators that are built in, at, I mean, yeah. I, I understand where he's coming from because that's a question that I had on my car for the longest time. And matter of fact, um, I think recently Elon said, yes, it's upgradable, but yet um, I have several people that have come back to me and, and privately and said, I, I asked uh, Tesla service and they're like, we don't know. So obviously what Elon says doesn't necessarily filter down to the rest of the organization. So there's always a possibility, but uh, hey, you could always just sell your car and buy another one. Sorry, that's facetious. I didn't mean to say that, but... Yeah, no, I wish I wish they would follow through with that. I mean, if, if Elon says something, I mean, come on, guys, follow through with this. Um, there's lots of people that would like to do that. I have been told by a service technician that it's not just on the SNX. It's not just the main screen that needs to be changed. There's also a secondary computer, uh, a Tegra 2, for example, that runs the instrument cluster, and that has to be changed as well. That's what I was told. So I don't know. All right, next question comes from Matt, he says. What do you guys think about mo about Tesla calling the Model Y the Model Y? Why not another version of the Model 3? Say Model 3 CRV SUV because it's so similar. Could they have just called the pickup truck the Model Y? Wondering about your thoughts. No. Well, Model Y is because Elon has a sense of humor. Sexy. It's not sexy. Sexy. Right? <laughs> well, it's not, it's not sexy. You make a good point. You know, Matt says, well, why not to save the Y for the truck? And when I first saw the question, I thought, well, no, it's a completely separate vehicle. And I thought, well, hold on a second. If you take a page out of BMW's marketing, uh, note that they do like a three and a five GT. So you have like the three series. A one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six, a seven, and well, an eight. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, so you have appreciate. Yeah, but they're, the, the basic number cars are, base, are, are sedans. And then you have the full-blown SUVs, which are X1, X2, X3. In between that, because they have 7,321 different models now, you can get the sedan GT the Gran yes. Turismo version of them, which is basically a jacked up, like a higher greenhouse hatchback version, which if you look at what Model Y is, that's what it is, right? It's basically they they took the roof line of the three and just stretched the whole thing upward, gave it a hatchback. So under that premise, yeah, you could call it a, a Model 3 GT or a Model 3 utility or however you want to call it. It's not the craziest idea, but I think in Tesla world, it's everything has to have its own letter. It just seems to be how it rolls. Eric wants to say something. I disagree with you. <laughs> I will allow it. So thank you, oh wise one. So um, I think <laughs> this is just pure speculation on my part, but I think Tesla wants to truly distinguish vehicle from vehicle. You could argue 
um, that um, the Y and the three have a lot of common DNA, but the same can be said for the three and the S and, and et cetera, et cetera. The Model Y is its own vehicle. It is not a Model 3 that's been sort of, it's, it's not a Model 3 with vitamins, okay? It's not all of a sudden a grown-up version of the Model 3. It is an right. entirely, it's in a different car. We've talked about some of the patents that are, going, that are hopefully going into this production model. Uh, different body construction, different wiring systems, um, you know, a whole, a whole series of different features in the vehicle. So that is also, I think, from a service perspective, easier uh, if you actually say, I have a Y, I have a three versus I have a three, yada, yada, yada. Because even now with performance cars, we go, I have an M3P. I have an yeah. M3. I have an M3LR. So there's already enough variations within the family. Now you have SR, SR plus. I mean, look, there's there's already enough variants of the Model 3. You want the Y to be distinguishably its own vehicle. And you could also call the pickup truck R. So now you have sexier or, you know, no, the that's roast- Roadster. Or B. No, but the roadster is the roadster. That's what I'm trying to tell you, though. Like you, you can do a number of different things, but the idea is that you want the Model Y to be its own thing, and this has sort of been in the plans for the longest time. Um, so yeah, let it let it be its own identity. Let it not know, be. I kind of th- think that Tesla might be done with naming their cars like this. Maybe. I don't know, like Tesla semis, te- like call it what it is. I I don't know. I just got that distinct impression from Elon from comments he's made recently. Oh, you know, I call it the Model S because I'm not very creative and we just call it an S and stuff. But I just, I don't know. I just kind of get the impression that they're done. I mean, they got the sexier out of the deal now and moving forward, it's just not. I mean, I don't think they're going to call it a, a Previa or, you know, what <laughs> back in the 90s, everybody had an A with the, you know, with the car names and stuff. But um, I don't know. crickets <laughs> oh, we got that. Oh, we awkward got awkward you want to get the model pu it's amazing it's a futuristic truck from mars in a world well, I... <laughs> <laughs> well it's always interesting I, I think um to see what do you think is going to happen you know you look at the model s what 12 years now or how many eight. years we have models eight years Seven. eight so i mean you know been around for a long time. You know, these are not vehicles that they change too often. They keep them out for a long time. Other manufacturers, right? It's like every year is a new car, new car, new mm-hmm. car. Um, so uh, I don't see the necessary, the necessity to, you know, bring in new models or, or change it up. I'd be curious to know what happens after the truck, right? Do we just kind of take a halt, take a break, kick back, let everyone kind of fall in suit? I know that there's a couple people saying, oh, we want a van or, you know, something like that. But is it necessary? Have we hit kind of all the main you know, mm-hmm. genres of car and just kind of now we can sit back and perfect everything else. I think the the big thing is that I always say is like Tesla's trying to, you know, perfect the uh, the kind of bigger picture. And so like if you think about it and, and I don't know how many will agree with me here, but like when you think about the 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 material inside, you know, let's take, for example, Trevor, your Model X, right? Um, you know, if you look at a Model X, you know, you're talking about, let's just say 100 over 100k uh and you compare it to a car you know similar in the range let's take a range rover right you're you're over 100k there and the range rover clearly has a much more premium interior over the x but the x has the technology right and so tesla's focusing on what they know best and just like you know having netflix and youtube in your car once you get it you're kind of like i I can't go to something else. I can't go to a regular car. So it's kind of like, let me hook you in with the technology and what we've got, what we've got really well now, because bringing someone in to perfect the material, that's easy, right? We can always do that in later. Once we get everything flowing, we've got a steady lineup of cars. 
we'll inject those other things in there. Yeah. I agree with you on that. We've certainly seen that because, you know, the Model S is not the same car as it was in 2012. It's improved remarkably in many areas, except for the interior. I mean, yes, they put better seats and stuff, but as far as the yeah. layout is concerned, I mean, the side benefit of not updating the interior on the S and X, of course, is, and, and I say this to a lot of people, is that it ages more gracefully. By focusing more on eliminating all the buttons on all the stuff that you would normally update to make your car kind of planned obsolescence, um, they can focus more on the software aspect. So, but you know, at some point you're gonna have to update something. And I don't think I mean we've said this many times on on the podcast before. Um, the writing's on the wall. The direction that the Model Three went is is obviously the future for them. Um, you know. Uh, I was. I remember saying before the semi truck came out, I said, "If we see the semi truck with the same Model Three kind of treatment, I mean, it's. No, it's I mean, it's obvious, right? Give me a hoverboard, uh, and we're good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, we got to move on here. Uh, next question comes from Curtis. He says, "Hi, Trevor. Oh, hi, Curtis. Um, you recommended <laughs> the setup of having an SSD to record footage, uh, since it's more stable platform uh, for the rewrites. What's your method of offloading and reviewing footage, especially if you need to review it immediately if an incident occurs? Yes, that's a valid concern. Um, Ian, you have the Kingston, um, the one with the Wi-Fi built in. So that that's great if you want to use that with a cell phone and stuff. Um, personally, I mean, here's my Samsung T5 that I use." Um, I, 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 the stuff that I need to do, I mean, the nice thing is you can, you can press the button so that it stores the last, you know, so many minutes and stuff, and you can pull it out and take it home. I use an app on my computer, um, to plug and look at the, at the, um, at the footage. Matter of fact, I'm going to be doing a video soon, uh, looking at a couple of different apps on there, one on Mac and one on Windows. Um, yeah, it's a valid concern. Um, that's just me, though. I've been in the computer business for so long that I know that uh, USB sticks are just not designed to handle constant writes. They fail. They're bad. Hard drives, I mean, they're designed to, especially with SSDs. I mean, these things are great, uh, very solid and stuff. So that's my only reason for recommending that stuff because I've seen too many failures on the USB stick. So th there's no perfect, I mean, if this thing had a Wi-Fi built into it, great. Um, that would solve that problem. Uh, the guys at Jetta, by the way, have mentioned to me that they're possibly looking at maybe a version 2, maybe down the road, of their USB hub that will have maybe uh, a Wi-Fi hotspot built in, so that might cure some of that stuff. Again, we don't know what Tesla's going to be doing because they did say that the possibility of moving some of the cloud access or giving you access through the phone to be able to look at that footage, that's always a distinct possibility. So we don't know, but that that was my reason for recommending it. It wasn't necessarily for, and like I said, you know, he does bring up a valid point. So there's no perfect mix at this point. So uh, let's see here. Two more questions. Next one comes from a little yes? shout out to V10 on this, which I thought was a really cool update. And if I remember correctly, if your card or if your USB stick right now is full uh, in Sentry mode or whatever, apparently it'll overwrite the oldest files. So you're never caught. This happens to me all the time because I'm a lazy slob. So if God's full, oh, I'll <laughs> that drove me crazy before. Yeah. And I know one day I'm going to get caught out, but now with V10, you never have to worry. So, you know, if whatever your recording device is, is full, it will automatically start overwriting the oldest files. Not to mention they've added the rear camera now. Yes. Cool. That's yeah. super wide angle. So, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, moving along here. Next question comes from Paul. He says, should have uh, should Tesla have a suggested improvement section um, of the My Tesla portal? Um, I could see this as a Reddit-style features where owners can up and down vote suggestions. Oh, my God, you have no idea 
how much we would love to have a suggestion site on Tesla's portal. I mean, submitting bug reports to the car, I don't think is is exactly a um, a good way of doing about it or going about it because the, the feedback is not there. Um, yeah, we've said this many times before. Tesla should have some kind of bug report portal or some kind of suggestion thing. Um, but um, I will say this. Um, our good friend Bonnie Norman has been monitoring our forum, and she is collecting uh, user suggestions. And because she has good ties with Tesla, she does uh, send them up the chain of command. So, you know, if you want anything, we have a... I'll try and remember to put the uh, the link to the uh, to the to the forum thread that we have gone for uh, for suggestions and stuff. I'll try to put that into the uh, into the show notes and stuff. So if you have a suggestion, put it in there, and then we shoot it up the chain of command. But yes, I absolutely agree. We should have something like that. But Tesla's Tesla. So uh, let's see here, um, Eric. You want to answer this last one here, Dennis Co. He says, um, "How do you get the COC for ULEZ exemptions in the UK?" I have no idea what he's talking about. Oh, my God. All right. So a COC is the Certificate of Conformity. Uh, uh, and the uh, ULEZ is one of the uh, very uh, – it's, 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 I want to say it's the uh, ultra-low emission zone. So in London and okay. the UK, they have some specific stuff. Now, this comes from uh, – this is actually some partnership with Tesla and with the local government in the UK. Um, the simple thing to do is you need to contact Tesla. So um, the verbiage I'm going to copy specifically from uh, the site in the UK, uh, the URL you'd want to go to, and, and Trevor can put this in the notes if you I, want. I see it but, here, yeah. Yeah, it is a tfl.gov.uk. Uh, that is that is the, uh, you know, basically for London. Um, and in that site, they do indicate to prove your vehicle meets the ULAS standards, you have to get a letter from Tesla's, what they call homologation department stating the vehicle's Euro standard or a COC. So if you get that from Tesla, you can then use that when you're uh, trying to get your vehicle certified for the for the ULEZ, uh, which then allows you to then uh, not pay the non-compliance fee of 12.50 pounds. Um, so that's all detailed in there, but you can go to either tesla.com in, in the UK, look it up there um, through um, benefits uh for or for incentives and then you can also go to tfl.gov.uk and then just search for um for ulez and see the information there there you go dennis thanks for sending that in um thanks eric for looking that up because i was busy with other things today so good on that one well that brings us to the end of the uh questions um which also brings us to the end of the show any closing thoughts before we sign off no, it's all good. We'll talk more about uh, more stuff as we come along. We've been doing this for what, nine hours now? Yeah, it's been going on a little too long, <laughs> and I have to edit this thing. So, um, Raj, since you are our, our, our valued guest tonight, um, you get to go first. What do you want to plug? Your YouTube channel, your referral code, whatever you like. Floor yeah, yours, just, uh, just a YouTube channel. Uh, I'm at uh, youtube.com slash Tesla Raj. That's R-A-J. And just, uh, you know, anything and everything Tesla. As well, if anybody has any questions about their Tesla or about buying a Tesla or anything, you could always shoot me an email. It's just Raj at TeslaRaj.com. Awesome. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter. Same handle, Tesla Raj. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, buddy, for coming on to the show. Um, Eric. For having me. Hey, anytime, buddy. You're always welcome. Eric, how about you? What do you want to plug? If you guys are uh, watching this on YouTube, you can see my Twitter handle here in the corner. That is uh, ECFix. That is E-C-F-I-X. Uh, if you listen to this on the podcast, you can find me on Twitter at ECFix. That's E-C-F-I-X. 
Right. Okay, well, that brings us to the mad Hungarian himself, Ian Pavelko. Your turn, buddy. Yes. Well, if you want to um, hit me up on Twitter, the um, name is at Ian Pavelko. If you're looking for me at the Tesla Owners Online Forum, the handle is Mad Space Hungarian. And uh, finally, if you're looking for um, something from my Evolveware collection, go over to teespring.com and look up Mad, just do Mad Hungarian Evolveware in the search function, and you will find the whole collection of Evolveware and Weapon of Mass Adoption shirts. Uh, of course, uh, the proceeds, a uh, portion of the proceeds go to help um, a whole variety of electric vehicle um, advocacy organizations. Um, last thing I want to throw out there is I'm going to be um, going to uh, Switzerland and portions of Italy um, next well, week. You. Business. Yeah. And on the Friday, so the Friday of next week, which is the 11th, and uh, I, uh, I'm going to have some free time to hang out. I'm going to be in the Lugano area. So if any of our friends out there are around there and um, you want to uh, have a quick meetup, I would, I would love to meet some of the, uh, the European listeners and uh, viewers out there. That would be awesome. I am not That's a professional a- podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> That was my wife sneezing in the background. Uh, you heard. <laughs> the timing was just great, too. Like, I'm going to Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought. Was Bev reacting to that? What was? No, yeah. no, no. She can't hear you. All right. Well, don't forget, links to Ian's stuff will be in the video in the podcast description. So you can, uh, instead of searching, you can just click on the link. All right. Well, I guess that leaves me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Very active there. Model 3 Owners. Uh, don't forget to check out the forum at uh, teslaownersonline.com. Best place ever to talk about all things Tesla. It's absolutely the best place. My handle on there is Trev P, so you can hit me up if you want to uh, chit-chat with anything. And uh, I guess that's it. We'll uh, we'll see you on the next show. Thanks for listening and watching, no matter where you happen to be. Good night, guys. See ya. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye.